writing about it, I just realized, you know, there's there's so much in history, in philosophy, in in culture, and in everyone's experience, because everyone can go to this, what I call the secret world. And that's the place you go to when you're alone. So everyone has got a different experience of solitude. It's completely unique to you. No one can share it. But at the same time, there are things that we all experience the same in solitude. So it's kind of shared as well in, in a different way. And it's a place where you can go to recharge after you've been in company. I think that's one of the main definitions of an introvert, someone who draws energy from being alone rather than from being in company. And in, for extroverts, it's vice versa. So that's kind of where it starts. You know, It, it starts as somewhere to go and regain your energy, but it could be much more than that as well. Hello, and welcome to episode 147 of the Quiet and Strong podcast, especially for introverts. I'm your host, David Hall, and the creator of quietandstrong.com. It's a weekly podcast dedicated to understanding the strengths and needs of introverts. Introversion is not something to fix, but to be embraced. Normally, we will air each episode on a Monday. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform. Leave a review. That would mean a lot to me. Tell a friend about the podcast and help get the word out there that introversion is a beautiful thing. Tom Albrighton is a freelance writer and editor based in the UK. Tom is the author of four books, and as a lifelong introvert and a longtime freelancer, he's interested in how introverts can thrive when working on their own and how they can build on their unique strengths to succeed. All right. Well, welcome to the Quiet and Strong podcast, Tom. So great to have you. Hi, it's great to be here. All right, we're going to get into a couple of books that you've written. But first, tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey as an introvert to now your writing career and and also writing for introverts. Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I'm a freelance writer. I do um, commercial writing and editing for uh, for clients all around the world. Um, I've been doing that for nearly 20 years now. before that, I worked in publishing and design studios, so I did the nine to five um, in an office with other people. Um, then I got made redundant from my job and I started freelancing. Um, and I quickly realized that that was the perfect lifestyle for me as an introvert, you know, working on my own, working at home. Um, that suited me really well, and I kind of wondered why I hadn't done it earlier, really. Um, then uh, as a freelancer, um, I actually started, I co-founded and ran an association of commercial writers here in the UK, which is now called Pro Copywriters. Um, that's still going. Um, I'm no longer involved in it, but it's still going strength to strength. Um, and as an introvert, running an organization like that was quite a big ask. Um, I had to do some public speaking, which is something that I find quite hard. Um and uh, after a while, I just thought, uh, th- this is getting too much for me now. So I stepped away from that. Um, and then I still wanted a side hustle on top of my freelancing. So I thought, well, how about I write a book? Um, and I wrote my first book, which was called Copywriting Made Simple. That's all about my work as a, a commercial writer. Um so I was writing about the craft of writing, you know, what I did at my desk. And then I thought, well, you know, maybe I could write something that is a bit more from the heart, you know, a bit more about me as a person. Um, and I thought, well, 
a lot of freelancing books are quite um quite sort of go-getting you know very sort of on the confidence side and putting yourself out there and I just thought well what about something for um, freelancers who are introverted so I wrote a book called The Freelance Introvert um, and that allowed me to talk about my work and also talk about you know my personality a bit and what other people might be feeling Um, kind of an antidote to the sort of LinkedIn vibe you know where it's all like hey yeah we're having success we you know we're doing great Here's all my achievements, you know, just just something for the people who are a little bit more, a little bit more quiet and reserved. And then my most recent book, which I think we're talking about today, is One for Joy. And that's a book all about solitude. So it's just a collection of ideas, thoughts, uh, stories, um, historical stuff, all about being on your own. Um, It's not a self-help book it's not a psychology book it's not a psychiatry book I'm, I'm not an expert in personality or psychology or anything like that it's really just a toilet book for introverts just something for for people to enjoy <laughs> if you like being on your own then I think you'll like the book um and you know there's a lot of really good books about solitude that you know you you, sh- you should check out um but I sometimes find they're a little bit um are quite earnest, you know, sort of quite serious about the topic. And I just wanted to do something a little bit more lighthearted just to say that solitude can be fun. You know, it's, it's got its lighter side as well. Um, and that's really where the, where the book came from. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. We are definitely going to get into both books there. But first, how did you figure out you were an introvert and how did you learn to embrace that? Well, I don't know when I put the label introvert on it. I think that's, that's really a, a watershed for a lot of people, isn't it? When they actually realize that introversion is a thing and they they hear that label. I'm not sure when I first heard that. It was maybe when I read Quiet. I think that's a you know, that's a huge moment for a lot of people recently. Um, but as soon as I heard the distinction, you know, I knew it applied to me. Um, as a child, I was always big on solo pastimes, so reading, um, playing with Lego or Legos, as you call it in the States. Uh, making music, that that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, and then when I did hear the word introversion and I understood what it meant, it was really great to have um, a label or a diagnosis, you could even say, for all those habits and traits that I'd always had, you know, so I could stop thinking of them as faults and just start thinking of them as as features. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great book, Susan Cain's Quiet. I think it's yeah. uh, going on 10 years. I think it's 2013. Yeah, and it's helped so many people, and I've had so many guests on that have said the same thing that that was a book that really brought awareness. And it's things like you know, when you write in your book about you know maybe when you were a child needing that space, and I can definitely relate to a lot of that. You know, having some good friends, but just a small circle of friends. But I remember um, most of my school life, I actually lived pretty far away from the school I could take the bus but I walked just because I really enjoyed it <laughs> this that long yeah. walk and and I didn't really realize what was going on or just you know having great uh, playing with you know having a great imagination and, and doing yeah. things like that yeah definitely so what would you say is a strength or two of yours being an introvert I'm pretty good at listening, um, listening to people, really thinking through um, what they're saying. Um, I'm pretty good 
at thinking things through before I act. So, you know, think really carefully about things before I do them. And then when I commit to them, um, I'm pretty good at following through. Um, and I like to follow through on my own, which is a real introvert thing. So um, <laughs> sometimes people say, oh, I'm going to write a book about this, you know, or, or you know, I'm, I'm writing a book about something and then, you know, you don't hear anything else for several years and maybe never. Um, but I, I had my my first book. I had it. Um, I had it pretty much completely written. I had a complete first draft before I told anybody else, literally in the world, that I was working on it. Not not even my family. Um, and that was really important to kind of just keep it close so that I could. I guess it's a control thing, isn't it? I mean, it's maybe not even positive, but it's really about being con keeping control over the work and just you know, shaping it into exactly what you want it to be. And I think that's an introvert trait is like, you know, I know what this thing needs to be, whatever it is you're creating, and you know, it could be a book or anything, but it's like, this is my vision and I really need to follow through on this, you know, uh, until a point where I feel happy showing other people. And I, I don't know why that is. It's like, I don't know if we're afraid that other people are going to um, divert it or reshape it somehow, but I think that's a real introvert thing. Yeah, I, I very much relate to that, keeping stuff close until we're ready to launch. I, I, I've i definitely done that. And, you know, so we can work on it in our way, I think, because we definitely have some great ideas and, and things we want to do, but pretty sure about ourselves and how we want to do that. Sure, yeah. So we're definitely going to get into solitude today and mm -hmm. the need for solitude. Are there any other needs that you've discovered as, as an introvert that you need? I think recently I've really realized that I like to be in company and I need to be in company, but I kind of need to be off to one side of the, so, I mean, one-on-one -on -one is is like that. that's a certain way of being, you know, when you're actually communicating with somebody all the time. But then once the group gets bigger than that, um, I really like just hearing people talk, being in on the conversation. You know, I'm, I'm not zoning out, right? I'm not drifting away. But I just like to be part of the conversation without playing an active role. And I used to worry about that. And I used to think like, oh, I should say something, you know, I, I'm think I should express my thoughts or impose myself or, you know, I, I should take part in this conversation. And the older I've got, I've just come around to the fact that, you know, I enjoy just being there and I, I try and just savor that now. Um, and the other thing is I really like to be in nature. So that could be my own garden or it could be out and about, um, you know, walking or cycling in the countryside. And for me, um, a quiet, natural environment is an introvert environment and a loud urban environment is an extrovert one. And I kind of equate those things. And I don't think that's, that's not necessarily true. You know, I think you can be introvert or extrovert in either in either one. But that's the, the association that I've made. And I think being in nature is just about this need to have just to have less going on. So less going on in the outer world, less going on in your mind at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And we definitely thrive in the one more one-on-one -on -one or small group environments. And, mm -hmm. you know, we just got to figure out what we want, like you said, you know, and, it, and what yeah. you want is absolutely fine. Even if your extrovert friend wants something different. <laughs> yeah figure out how to thrive and do what you want to do, you know, whether mm -hmm. it be in large or small group and, and be good with it. Yeah, sure. And then, so 
on this show, we definitely talk about the strengths of introverts, the needs of introverts, and we do a little myth busting. Is there a myth or two about introversion you want to bust today? Yeah, well, I've listened back to some episodes, and I think you've <laughs> you've pretty much blasted them all. But I, I'll just I'll give you my favorites. Um, I think the main thing is that um, introversion isn't a weakness. I mean, the the title of the podcast says it all, really. You know, it introversion can be a strength. It can be a strength in the workplace. It can be a strength in relationships. It can be a strength in family. Um, it you know it, it can be a positive thing. Um, and then building on that, I would say that introversion is not a lack of confidence. So, you know, just because, well, you know, maybe you feel a certain way in some social situations, but that's just your personality. That's just, just some traits of your character. It doesn't mean that you don't believe, you don't have strong beliefs, that you're not confident in your abilities. It just means that you don't want to talk about them particularly loudly. Um and the other thing I would say is that um, introversion is not arrogance, <laughs> which is the thing, is a conclusion that some people come to, is that introverts are kind of trying to put themselves on a pedestal or they look down on other people. Um, it's really not the case. You know, it's just about us saying what we want, making certain choices in certain situations. And we don't despise ex extroverts. <laughs> you know, we don't think we're... We don't think we're so great, you know, it's just, just the way we are. Yeah, yeah. It's a strength. If someone's not confident, they can gain confidence, absolutely. But uh I have you know, I, I've had that too, where where just because I think it's because we live in our heads, you know, and people don't see everything that's going on. Yeah. And sometimes we can come off as arrogant. And you know, I've been accused of that before and it's like no that's nothing's further from the truth you know just people can't see what's going on inside our head and we can be misread for sure yeah it's a similar thing with shyness where you know if you're you're feeling like you say you're feeling in your head you're worried about what to say um and it can come across like you're being aloof from a social situation you know you're, yeah. you're not making it you're not making any effort and people infer from that, that that you don't care. You know, you're not bothered about the occasion. You're not bothered about the people. You think you're above it. But in fact, it's the exact opposite. You know, if you didn't care, then, you know, you wouldn't care. But you do care. You care a lot. You're really trying to get into this situation. You're trying to think of, you know, the right thing to say or you're trying to think of anything to say. Um, and that comes across the wrong way. But, you know, you, you, you're you very much concerned, very engaged in the occasion. You just don't quite know how to how to get involved. Yeah. So sometimes it could be someone doesn't know how to get involved. But the other thing is we're not saying as many words. It's just yeah. never we're like, you know, I talk about how you can be a strong introvert, but you're never going to be the chatterbox. You're never, gonna, you know, because we think and then we speak. And we think and share what we think is most important. And again, we're never bashing extroverts, but their process is different. So they're going to share most everything. And so they might appear to be more engaged because they're sharing everything. But we're processing things and, and, and putting a succinct response together. And that can be misunderstood often. Yeah, yeah. I think extroverts think by speaking, don't they? Yeah, yeah they, 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 they speak to think. Yeah, most of the time. And and again, that's where a lot of misunderstanding comes from is that, you know, 
we think first and then speak because we're putting all of our ideas together and sharing a main point where they're kind of talking out loud. And again, it's just, we're wired that, you know, we're each wired that way. Who knows why? And it's just something we need to understand. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it takes too long. Well, for me anyway, <laughs> it just takes too long to think of what I'm going to say and the conversation's moved on. And I just have to think, well, yeah, I had that thought, but now that's gone. So we're talking about something else now. Yeah, that happens. And, you know, we, we definitely talk a lot about how we can mitigate some of that by preparing. You can never fully prepare for everything, but you can definitely prepare and, and think about ahead of time what you want to say to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Tom, you've written four different books, Copywriting Made Simple, How mm -hmm. to Write Clearly, mm -hmm. The Freelance Introvert. I'm going to go ahead and read the whole title. Work the Way You Want Without Changing Who You Are. I love that. And One for Joy, your latest book, An Introvert's Guide to the Secret World of Solitude. You're a writer, but you know a couple of these books you're focusing on introverts. How did you decide to, to do that? Um, well, like I was saying earlier, I, I really just, I wanted to put something of myself into my writing um, because I'd made a big effort to make copywriting made simple, sort of authoritative and universal, you know, something that everybody could get into. Um, and I, well, I don't know if I achieved that or not, but, you know, that was my aim anyway. Um, but I felt that it was really for other people. <laughs> it was really to help other people, it's to help newcomers to copywriting get into it and that you know that's great if it helps them that's great but I just wanted to put a bit more of myself into my writing um, and I just thought about my lifestyle as a freelance writer working on my own working at home um, I think I was reading quiet at that time and I just thought well you know let's let's just put these things together um, and and that led me to the freelance introvert I just thought well um you know, the, there must be something here around why freelancing is is a good choice for introverts, but also some things around um, what they might find a bit difficult. So things like in-person networking can be very daunting for an introvert. Um, the hazards of working at home as well. I mean, you know, working at home is wonderful, um, but I think, you know, you can end up being too insular sometimes you know it can be a, a little bit of a trap for introverts I think that you know the home thing um and you know you can end up brooding on things especially um if things go wrong or maybe a client just says something to you and they express it a certain way um you don't have an outlet for that and intro even introverts need a sounding board sometimes you know we need a confidant sometimes so if you don't have that you can go into a bit of a spiral so you know, it's the plus side of freelancing for introverts, you know, why it's good, why your strengths will help you. But it's also talking about a few of the downsides. Yeah, definitely. So that's a big part of this show is is looking at how we can be successful in various areas such as freelancing or whatever it is, networking or public speaking, because our approach to success, we can be very successful, but our approach might look different. And you, um, you were definitely working from home long before the pandemic, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And uh I wasn't. <laughs> so the pandemic oh, right. okay. was my first uh introduction to fully working from home. And and you know, there was a lot of 
there was a lot of myths out there. Oh, introverts are just loving this. And I'm like, well, not, not completely. You know, there was definitely uh, maybe a lot of home environments that weren't set up for work or, you know, some isolation like you're talking about that, you know, people, you know, had to cope with. But, uh, you know, there definitely is a good side to it, too. And so your book gets into all of that. Yeah, yeah. The big thing about the pandemic was, I mean, it was distressing in itself, right? So, yes. you know, it it might have been, you know, it put you in a homeworking situation and maybe you found that you liked that. But, you know, I'd already been working from home for a long time, but I ended up quite short of work because of the um, you know, economic impact of the pandemic. Plus, you know, there's a there's a there's a really dangerous disease on the loose and it was a really, really stressful time. So. You know, I certainly wasn't going on social media saying, hey, it's, you know, it's the season of the introvert, because I think it was it was really tough on introverts as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's a good point. And so it wasn't a necessarily a great way to judge how much you liked working from home with all that yeah. was going on. So I, I do a, I do a hybrid approach now where I, I go into the office a couple of days and work from home. And I think it's a pretty good approach for me. But everybody's going to be different. So we can definitely mm -hmm. check out more about that in your, in your book. In your latest book, One for Joy, you talk about the secret world of solitude. Let's talk about solitude. And we definitely mm -hmm. talk a lot about solitude in, on this podcast, but I, I've, I've really been enjoying your book and where you Thank go you. with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like all my books, it wasn't really, uh, it didn't start out as a major inspiration. You know, I didn't have a mission to write a book about solitude but I, it was just something that I kept thinking about I kept coming back to it and I just started writing a few things down and I thought you know maybe this could be a book and then I realized you know how much there is there as soon as I started thinking about it and writing about it I just realized you know there's there's so much in history in philosophy in in culture and in everyone's experience because everyone can go to this what I call the secret world and that's the place you go to when you're alone. So everyone has got a different experience of solitude. It's completely unique to you. No one can share it. But at the same time, there are things that we all experience the same in solitude. So it's kind of shared as well in, in a different way. Um, and it's a place where you can go to recharge after you've been in company. I think that's one of the main definitions of an introvert, someone who draws energy from being alone rather than from being in company and in, for extroverts it's vice versa so that's kind of where it starts you know it, it starts as somewhere to go and regain your energy but it could be much more than that as well it can be a place where you remember who you are you know you get back in touch with your own inner character um it can be a way to speak with yourself which could be literally you know talking out loud to yourself or just communing with, with yourself um Asking yourself questions, reflecting on what's been going on in your life, um, thinking about what happened recently or maybe a long time ago, thinking about what's going to happen soon or what might happen a long time in the future. Um, so it's got all these different sides to it. Um, and it's different from loneliness as well. This is something that um, I think this is where it maybe gets some of its negative connotations as people associate solitude with loneliness but they're really they are different by nature because loneliness is an unpleasant emotion that comes from being alone when you don't want to so an excess of solitude or unwanted solitude 
but solitude is a chosen state of being alone. And since you choose it, that implies that it gives you something pleasurable or valuable. So loneliness is an emotion and solitude is a state. Yeah, that's an important distinction because, you know, another myth is that we hate people. We, 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 we're humans. We <laughs> absolutely need people. We have people we love, we care about. But sometimes we want and need to be alone. And I think we both say it's not just a want for us introverts. It's a need. You know, solitude is, is definitely something that we need, but we don't need it all of the time. And we do need company. And so, you know, loneliness, introverts can definitely be lonely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really just a matter of degree or, you know, the amount of solitude that you want. Um, I think when I was writing the book, I talked about, I was writing a bit about saying that I need to be on my own a lot. And as soon as I wrote that and I saw it on the page, I thought, well, who's, who says it's a lot? You know, if that, that's, that is someone else's judgment. Uh, you know, I need to spend a certain amount of time alone. Other people might judge it to be a lot. Um, someone else might judge it to be not enough. You know, maybe I should spend spend more time on my own. So there's, there's all these judgments, and it's quite easy to internalize those judgments. I think you know whether other people are making them or not. Just because they're there in the culture, it's easy to take them on board and kind of judge your own solitude. And there's really no need to. Yeah. So I had a cool experience preparing for this. Um, as we're talking about, you know, you definitely we need solitude to recharge, you know, whatever it is that drains us. And I always say, you know, I'm not drained by everybody, just some people in some situations. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's part of it, but we need solitude is for a lot of other things that you talk about. You know, we need time to think, to plan, to be strategic, to do our work. Sometimes we need it. And sometimes we just enjoy it. Like you write about I'm home on a Saturday and I'm preparing because I I definitely that's one of my uh, needs and also strengths as an introvert. So I'm preparing for this talk with you and I'm reading your book and my wife, my two kids, one of my one of my kids is off at the university, but the two that are home, all three of them are at work, which isn't usual. You know, yeah, I, I don't I think since the pandemic, it's been rare to have the house to myself. So all three are gone. I have the house to myself. I'm in my favorite spot in my recliner in my room, reading about solitude, thinking about, hey, you know, what do I want to talk to Tom about? And it was just, it was just a really great experience. Like, yeah, it was here I am in solitude. I love this. I need to do this because I need to think about ahead of time what what I would like to say. I, I'm enjoying doing the research. And it was just it was really kind of cool to have that experience in solitude while I'm preparing for this chat with you about solitude. Yeah, sure. I like to think about people reading the book on their own. And I, and I you know, I kind of address the reader at a couple of points in the book and sort of talk about their experience of solitude they might be having right at that very moment. It was something I needed to do because, again, I, I do prepare for the podcast with guests. But also, it was just it was really enjoyable, you know, just doing the research and thinking about it and thinking about what I want to do. So it was it was just all of, all of those things that we're talking about. Yeah, it's great when solitude is um, is given to you like that. And I, I, there was a question I know you wanted to talk about, um, you know, articulating the need for solitude or asking for solitude. I mean, that, that is a really, really difficult thing because of all the judgments that can go on around solitude. I mean, it's easy to say that you want company or you need company. Like, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a bit lonely right now. You know, I'd love to have a chat. That's an easy thing to say. 
it's a really hard thing to say that you want solitude because that feels like a rejection of somebody or everybody or you know whatever it is um and i don't know how other introverts find this um but the danger for me is that i just withdraw or i kind of go a bit sulky or irritable you know i find myself just not relating to other people very well just because i can't there isn't a way in that situation or you know it's something i'm not able to do is just say that i need to be alone at the moment um and i don't really know why we find that hard because you know nobody who loves you is going to withhold something that you really need you know if you say i really need to be alone this is something that i need now i think people will say it's okay but it's still just a really difficult thing to come out and say why do you think it's looked down on to have solitude and it definitely is <laughs> i think it's um it's uh because it's seen as a negative generally it's generally seen as an absence or a lack um a gap between what life is really about so you know life is what we live with other people well that's what extroverts would say and being on your own is is just is just waiting for something to happen or downtime you know it's it's just a gap in between other things um so if you actually seek that out that's kind of um it's like turning towards darkness you know and away from the light i think that that's what people think they just think you know why would you embrace an absence why would you embrace this this nothingness um but they don't think of it as a, an experience in itself which is what it is you know it's a chosen experience it's it's a way of being but i think people just think of it as a as a nothing and that's why they look down on it that's my best answer anyway yeah yeah so it's definitely misinterpreted but as introverts we have one of our greatest gifts is our ability to think deeply and with that you know we need to and also often want to you know be alone to to mm -hmm. use that gift and and, and think and, and get into that inner world of ideas and often we do have some rich imaginations yeah absolutely but that also speaks to the way that thinking is not regarded as an act or an activity right you know if i'm just sitting there you know you come into a room and i'm just sitting there in a chair you might say well what are you doing you're not you're not, not doing anything you know <laughs> do the dishes you know clean the house or something but you know i am doing something i'm i'm thinking yeah like my wife might think uh what are you doing there and i'm like i'm working on my pocket <laughs> you know and i really am i'm just thinking about yeah. it you know yeah it yeah. might not be uh, actively writing anything down but I, I'm, I'm engaging in thought and that's really important whatever you're going to do you know the the thinking that comes before the doing is just as important as the doing itself because yeah. it deter the thinking determines the doing right you know when it comes to take action it's the thoughts that you've had before that determine the action the quality and the outcome of the action that you take so you know there's there's kind of a prejudice towards doing isn't there <laughs> like something must be done you know i've got to do something about this but maybe it's more important to think about it first yeah well said yeah absolutely so you know like we're talking about it's it's important that we figure out how to communicate with you know those we care about or those that we work with you know this need and you know it's part of the work here is just really getting the word out there what introversion really is and what it isn't and busting some myths and mm -hmm. you know just letting people know um i care about you 
and this is a need that I have, you know, I'm going to be better for it. I'm going to be better for me and for you for taking this time. Yeah, I think that's a really important point that I talk about in the book, actually, is, you know, about being your best self for as long as you can. And for an introvert to be their best self in company, like you might not be able to do it for very long. You know, it's something you have to accept, you know, like, you know, maybe I can, you know, I can only hold a conversation for an hour. You know, I can only, I can only go to the bar for a couple of hours. You know, I can only go to a networking event for half an hour, whatever it is, you've got your limits and you have to know your limits and you have to respect them. And you have to appreciate that the time that you spend alone is kind of charging up your social psychological batteries so that you can be with people better when when the time comes and again you know it it would be great to just say to the people close to you you know I, I can't I can't be good for you right now because I just need to go and be on my own even if it's just half an hour or something like that um I and mean, the closest I get is sort of expressing a preference for solo activities like going in the garden so I'll just say like I'm going to go in the garden now which is really me saying I'm going to go and be on my own now because no one's going to help me in the garden in my house anyway so (laughs) so I just so that means I'm going to be working on my own so I've kind of got these proxies for solitude you know if, if I say I'm going to do this task that means that I'm going to go and be on my own and I think probably people understand that yeah yeah that's really good back to starting to work from home all the time i realized that even though i don't like driving in traffic and paying for gas and all that stuff my drive time was a time of solitude for me and when i was solely working from home i found that i did need to find a replacement for that and i i would joke with my wife you know even though so i'm i'm working at my home office and i'm done for the day and i you know, I'm I'm going to walk a few steps to my bedroom to sit in my recliner. I, I would tell my wife, "Hey, uh, I'm going to drive home now," and just <laughs> just meaning I, I need a little space. I love you all, and I'll be I'll be you know downstairs in a minute, but uh, I I need a little bit of time. So yeah, I like that going to the garden or or I'm going to drive home now, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's great. It's great that you can say that, and that that really points to the importance of. Uh, liminal experience as well liminal liminal spaces you know the spaces in between the times in between because again i think a lot of people would say that's just downtime uh dead time you know wasted time you know sitting on the train sitting in traffic uh waiting in an airport some something like that you know people would just think this you know this is a waste of time but it's not a waste of time that's a solitude opportunity and you know if solitude is scarce in your life you need to really embrace that opportunity you know don't feel don't feel irritated by that you know don't feel that's limiting or wasting your time that's an opportunity to be on your own that that you can take and like you say when those things are taken away like when your drive is taken away you suddenly think oh actually I really needed that time you know I I didn't enjoy sitting in traffic but I was I was getting something from that that experience and now I need to replace it yeah so It definitely sometimes was recharge time, but a lot of it was I had some of my best ideas on those drives, you know, and sometimes I joke that my my work should pay for my drive because I had a lot. I solved a lot of problems during that time. Yeah, well, I I mean, writing about working on another book about freelancing and I talk about um, how you can charge, 
your clients for thinking because like I was just saying before you know thinking is is just as important as doing and you're really thinking about stuff all the time you know thinking about everything all the time your subconscious is always processing stuff that you're that you're thinking about and sometimes it comes up with ideas in these liminal times you know like you're in the shower or just walking down the street you know driving the car you never know when your mind is going to come up with something like that and I just talk about how important it is to to charge clients for thinking, you know, whenever you do, you might do that thinking um, at your desk or you might do it in the shower. But the point is you're giving value and it could be the most important value that you provide. Yeah. It's a little harder to capture those ideas in the shower. <laughs> well, there is a, you can get a shower come. pad. You can get this um, shower proof pad that hangs in the shower and that you can write your ideas down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I should look into that. We definitely, we talk a lot about solitude, you know, on this show, I write mm-hmm. about it, but your book took me in a different place that I hadn't really thought of. And we know ourselves best. And you talked about being in solitude was really a chance to, to be yourself. And that struck me because, you know, this podcast, I'd like to think that I, I am being myself. That's the whole point is, you know, learning to embrace your introversion and being your authentic self around others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when I was reading your writing, it's like, okay, yeah, I, I am doing that. But no matter how much I try to be my authentic self, no one is ever really fully going to know me better than I do. And that solitude is really an opportunity to, you know, be myself like in no other situation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, there's this idea that we all have our social self and we have our inner self. And when you talk about being yourself in company, I guess you're really saying, you know, that you get those two selves as close to each other as you can, you know, you, you get them as, as much in harmony as, as you can, but there's all, like you say, there's always going to be that inner self that no one ever sees. And uh, some people don't want to see it. <laughs> I think that that's an interesting point, maybe about extroverts, not all extroverts, but you know, people do use company as a way to get away from themselves sometimes you know they they don't want to sit down and listen to their own thoughts Um, but for introverts it's a chance to get away from um, the way that other people see you so even if you are being your authentic self you are still I think always thinking about uh, the judgments that other people are having you know you're seeing yourself through their eyes because you have to just to be in company, right? You're not just completely heedless of what everyone else thinks. You know, it's a two-way interaction. It's a multi-way interaction with other people. So you're thinking about what they're thinking. Um, And it's kind of like a performance, you know, it's like being on stage all the time. You're always thinking about the impression that you're giving, managing that impression, thinking what other people are, what they might want, you know, second guessing their motives, their, their emotions, because that's what it means to be in company, right? That that's, that's how we do it. So if all the world is a stage, then solitude is what you see when the curtain falls. That's your backstage when nobody's looking at you. You don't have to perform for anyone anymore. You don't have to think about what they're thinking. Um, and it's just a place where you just get away from all those judgments and opinions. Um, which might be real or they might not, you know, they might just be things in your head, you know, they might be your own second guesses, your own perceptions of what people are thinking, but even so you still have to deal with them. And when you get into solitude, you don't have to deal with them anymore. Yeah. In your book, you call it, you call it paying yourself a visit. 
Why is that so important? Yeah, well, uh, there's a quote from Hannah Arendt in the book, and she defines solitude as being together with oneself. So there's this, and there's this um, distinction between the, um, I have to try and get this right. There's the I, which is like the inner ego, the inner self. And then there's me, which is the, the one who knows the self. So you have yourself that is yourself and you have the, the self that knows you as well. And it's about bringing those two halves together. And you come back to this underlying sense of self that is always there, this continuous line of consciousness stretching all the way back to your birth and it will stretch all the way forward into the future to the end and it's always there this constant thread is always there but in normal life you're not really aware of it you know you're all like I say you're always thinking about other people what what they might think and this sense of self gets kind of lost and messed up and it's a chance to just get back in touch with that talk things over with yourself find out what you really think you know maybe you just need to Think about this for a while to, you know, to really understand what you think about something. Your, your first impression maybe was wrong. First impression of a person or a situation. You come back to that. You think it through again and you start to understand your own thinking, your own opinions. Again, I really value solitude and giving myself a chance to recharge or to think. But often my mind might go other places and I might mm-hmm. not. I might be trying to be in the moment and not very successful at it. So how can we practice mindfulness? What what have you learned where you could be more in the moment? Well, the, the practice of mindfulness meditation is really just about being in the here and now. It's just where you focus all your awareness on what's happening right now. So you can do this in quite a formal way when you, you know, you can sit in the lotus position and you can visit a meditation center or whatever it is but you don't have to do that you can just sit there and just focus your attention on your own breathing just feel it coming in and out and just notice what's going on in the inner world and in the outer world so you notice your own thoughts as they go by and you notice the sights and sounds around you but you try not to get caught up in them so there's no judgment there's no analysis there's no thinking well there is thinking you know your thoughts happen your mind has thoughts which is what it always does but you don't get caught up in those thoughts you just let your thoughts pass away um and if you just do this for a few minutes it just gives you this real feeling of being calm and centered and you can carry that on into the rest of your day and that's something i think you really well probably have to be alone to do that effectively i would say yeah for sure tom we've talked about a lot of great things this time is going by really fast is, <laughs> yeah. is there anything else about solitude the need for it, or the benefits of it that you want to talk about um i don't think so i think we've we've covered a lot of the stuff that uh, that i talk about in the book so uh, no I, th- I think we've it's been a really good talk actually and thank you. Um, it definitely, uh, it's a need that's not often understood, but it goes far beyond just the need to recharge. That's definitely a, an important thing for us as introverts. But there's so much more, you know, of just being able to think, being able to be creative, being able to to use our gifts. So, Tom, 
where can people go to find out more about your books and the work that you do? Um, well, all my books are available on Amazon. Um, that's the main place to get them. I think you can get them in some bookshops, but uh, it's all on Amazon. They're in um, ebook and paperback as well, and some are in audio. Um, kind of drifting away from social media a bit these days. I'm not so big on Twitter as I used to be, uh, but I do still occasionally tweet, and I am Tom Copy, T-O-M-C-O-P-Y. Um, and I also post on LinkedIn on in, with more of a more of a work flavor on there. So just search me on LinkedIn and uh, yeah, I'll be happy to connect. All right. Sounds good. Thanks again, Tom. This has been a wonderful conversation. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to further connecting with you. Reach out at david at quietandstrong.com or check out the quietandstrong.com website which includes blog posts, links to social media, and other items. Send me topics or guests you would like to see on the show. If you're interested in getting to know yourself better, there's now a free Type Finder personality assessment on the Quiet and Strong website. This free assessment will give you a brief report, including the four-letter Myers-Briggs code. I'll add a link to the show notes. There's so many great things about being an introvert, so we need those to be understood. Get to know your introverted strengths and needs and be strong.